Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome back to the Fever Pitch Podcast. I'm your co-host, Brian. And I'm Dan. Man, today's a good day. It's a good week. We got Dan back here, back in the flesh. Yeah. How you feeling, man? All good, all good. Just had to take care of some things on that. Yeah, back and better, man. Back and better. So what's on your mind, man? How you doing? Good, you know, it's nearing the fall. Football will be back soon, so I'm just looking forward to that. Can't complain too much. So, how about yourself? Um, it's been good, man. I've been I've been doing good. I've been doing good, but you know, I feel like we got a lot to talk about. You know, we got a lot to catch up on, man. Yeah. First, starting off, man. Let's talk about the summer league. What yeah. What you think? I mean, so usually I would be glued to the summer league, but this year I haven't been able to catch too many games. So I did realize uh, Cleveland, their rookies and young players have been doing pretty well. Uh, the likes of Isaiah Mobley and Imani Bates, two, you know, front court front court athletes that really put on the show at the summer league. If I'm not mistaken, they I'm pretty sure they won the championship. And for Houston, when the, the recent draft pick Cam Whitmore won summer league MVP, and uh, Detroit Marcus Sasser, uh, he will also put on a, a pretty good showing in the, in the summer league as well. So. The rookies are definitely on, I have been, you know, putting the, getting their foot in the door. So, yeah. Hey, that's what's up. I've been, I feel like I've been hearing the name Amani Bates for like five, six years now. Yeah, he was, he was one of the ones at high school. I think he went to Memphis. Yeah, they've been talking about this man since he's been in middle school. Though. Yeah, crazy. he's been one of the ones. He had, the, you know, he's been in the news for some Positive things and some not so positive things, but you know he's made wait, his what, way. Wait, what's not positive about him? Um, I can't remember exactly, but there was some. He was involved with some legal thing. Oh. I can't remember exactly, but you know, glory be to God. He, you know, went from Memphis to I think Eastern Michigan, and now he's uh, in the NBA. So things are pro- uh, hopefully on the up and up. So yeah, yeah hey man, with that NBA, NFL and. NBA contract things are always going to be on the up and up. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's good to see. It's good to see that teams are getting some nice young players in the league, especially um, not only the Cavs, but the Rockets too. Yeah, Cam Whitmore, I believe he was the first or second round pick. He was definitely being talked about very close. Even before, before, the summer, before the summer league, mm-hmm. there was a lot of talks about, about that Cam Whitmore, and he really put himself – on the map during the summer league. So mm-hmm. it's good to see these rookies really getting their foot in the door. Yeah. And right now, who do you think is looking like the rookie of the year? I know it's early, but. I mean, despite the lack of performance in the summer league, I'm still going to take one because still taking one Yeah, because you can't teach seven foot six. That's true. And. I feel like if you're being mentored by Tim Duncan and David Robinson, by and already you are already like a global phenomenon before you even play a real NBA game. Mm. So compiling all of that, unless you know, God forbid that injury or if he just averages two points a game, mm-hmm. I feel like he has it in the bag for sure. 
I don't know. I got a hot take. I'm going to Monty Bates right here. That's not a bad take, though, I would say. Definitely a dark horse, for sure. The reason I say so is because I feel like they have a much younger core, so he's going to get more time and ability to have the chance to get the ball in his hands during his rookie season. Yeah. I know, like, uh, the Spurs, they're focusing to center around Wemby and things of that nature, but it still takes time to develop a player, and he's seven six for crying out loud. He's going to need some time to put on some muscle. Maybe most improved in like a year or two, and then he starts making his run. That's not a bad take. I think take. it's going to be a slow burn. That's not a bad take. That's not a bad take. That, I can actually see that happening low-key, but uh, I feel like the media and everything, the powers that be, they're going to have to give it to 1B. You think so? Yeah. How much of a role do you think the media plays in like deciding the MVP? I think it's... It's situational. It varies by year. Because mm. even when Donovan Mitchell and um, was it Ben Simmons? Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. When they were having their rookie of the year campaign, and now Ben Simmons' official rookie year, he was injured. So his redshirt season, for lack of other words, was deemed his rookie year. Blake Griffin had a similar. Blake Griffin dealt with the same thing. His his official rookie year, he got hurt. But. I mean, if it's a situation like that, I feel like the media was very much uh, backing Ben Simmons at the time just because that was his official opportunity to step on the court, even though he was a second-year player by definition. But, hey, um, I still think the media has a decent amount to do with uh, any award, really. So, yeah. Yeah, especially, like, I think LeBron should have won some more MVPs out of these seasons. But I think the media played a role, especially when you look at some of those seasons where he had the same exact numbers that he averaged during his 2013 MVP season. Like, I think I saw a comparison. It was, like, between 38 years old versus 28 years old, his numbers were virtually the same. I did see that. I mean, it's the definition of consistency, for lack of a better word. It's just constantly... Showing up and showing out year in, year out. So it's like, you could argue. I remember there was an interview where he was like, if you look at the definition of valuable, you could give it to me every year based off the textbook definition of valuable. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's a league of 400 plus players, so you gotta spread the well. Yeah. And plus, I feel like the media would think it's boring to give it to LeBron every year, so they gotta go with some other people that some too. of these years. That too. Yeah. But speaking of MVP snubs, what you think about the situation going on with Damian Lillard right now? It's funny you mentioned that. I remember a couple years ago, maybe two years ago, like post-bubble, I think I had Dame as a Dark Horse MVP. Mm. And, well, <laughs> fast forward to 2023, and he wants to no longer be in Portland. Yeah. Um, like I said on the previous episode, they signed Dave to a lot of money. I'm pretty sure it was two years, $120 million. Mm-hmm. After his current contract is up, which is like 40, $45, $47 million up front. I understand that uh, Portland is in, moving in another direction. They're rebuilding, retooling, what have you. Mm-hmm. And I also understand that Dave only wants to go to Miami. So we thought. Yeah. Um... According to, I think, Sean, my name is Sean Zen Wilge, both reported that um, Dame was initially 
calling up the team saying, don't trade for me. I'm not going to play here. I want to go to Miami. Mm-hmm. And he's since then been ruined since refrain from doing so. Him and his agent have seemed to ab- abide by said warning. So they're still looking for a trade partner. I've heard the likes of, um, in addition to Miami, I've heard the likes of some other teams, Philly, Boston, here and there. So, mm. you know. Damian Lillard on Philly, I can see that going somewhere. Yeah. James Harden's on his way out. Yeah. You it get would. him and Embiid on the same team. I feel like it would. Tobias Harris is still there, right? If I'm not mistaken, yeah. Yeah. I think if they went to Philly, he'd be a little more into his uh, playmaker bag. Yeah. The scoring obligation would be reduced, so I feel like it could work. And I, th- and I think that's what he needs. So I think throughout his career, it's been always so much focused on him being the primary scorer, him being the primary person to get the ball in the hoop, bring the ball up the court, that he needs a break from that. He's getting older, one. Yeah. And two... He just needs support, and that's why he wants out. Yep. He sees that the Trailblazers are drafting another point guard, similar player of his build. Yep. So they're clearly pivoting, and despite his performance and ability, they're not willing to take the time or energy to build around him. Yeah. So for him to move on in this situation, it only makes sense, and it's best for his career, especially if he wants to retire with a ring. Yeah, I think the primary thing is nobody wants to go to Portland. I can't remember yeah. the last big-name big free agent Portland has gotten. I can sit here and think about the world will be here for a while. When Marcus Aldridge left, Nicholas yeah. Batum left, CJ McCollum got traded, uh... <laughs> Myers Leonard, he wasn't that good, but he left. Uh, all he got now is Nurkic, and he broke his leg. He, yeah. he it looks like he's recovered from that since then, but mm-hmm. he's also getting older. So I mean, hey, I've heard talks of uh, a package deal with Nurkic and Dame both getting shipped somewhere. Mm. And I mean, that would definitely have to be a three-team trade. Yeah, that's what I've been hearing. They're trying to bring in a third team just to you know iron out the logistics and. Mm-hmm. Hey, the Wizards could use. Hey, yeah, Dave, come to the Wizards. You know, Wizards, the Wizards we don't we don't have a point guard right now. Wizards use or Dame. shooting guard. I mean, yeah, you know, move that. The thing is, we just got off Bradley Bill's contract. Yeah. So to take on Dames would definitely be ridiculous. Ridiculous. I don't want to say it's a step backwards. It would definitely be okay. I mean, if you just want to keep a high level, a highly paid score, you could just kept Bill. Yeah. But. You know, I'm not against it, but at the same time, I think roster-wise, where we are currently, and even where Dame is now, he wants to be contend, and we're not in a contending state. So, mm. Speaking of players wanting out and going places, uh, what do you think about Harden wanting to go back to the Rockets? I think um, Houston is a beautiful city, and... I think James Harden, I'm pretty sure she still wants a ring, but I think he's very comfortable with his career. He's done the work, 60-point triple-doubles, <laughs> MVPs, playoff appearances, you know. I think when we did our greatest Southern Flowers with no rings, one of us took him right with me. If not, then he's definitely on one of our benches. Yeah. Um, you could argue a top seven, top eight shooting guard of all time, so... Mm. You could argue. You could. Yeah, top seven, <laughs> top eight. I'm trying to think. 
But uh, yeah, I feel like Ringer no ring. I think he's had a really well polished career. So I think right now he's just trying to make whatever decision is best, uh, best for him. Do you think he even really fits in that team for real though? Who Houston? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's so been so long, and the team has changed so much. I feel like they have such like a younger core, younger build, and they're tr- really trying to build up players rather than just grab a vet or whatever and just throw them on there. And you know, Harden's really ball dominant and things of that nature. I agree. He's not really uh, what's the word like passive all ball. I yeah. agree. I He's think not really compatible with a team who's trying to win. I think it would be a situation where under. If he was a free agent, I think he would sign with Houston and then get moved by the deadline. Yeah. If he wasn't under contract already. I think he would do something like that. But, um, I mean, hey, I think he's definitely looking for a championship level team. But I've heard reports that he's not, he's open to it. So, mm. I know that the Clippers are definitely another team that I've been hearing he's looking to uh, team up, head to land there. He's a California native, so... Most people when they go home, so I mean, I don't know what the trade deal would look would look like, but I do know that the Clippers have been linked to him as well. Outside of that, um, as far as other players, just you know, the in NBA news, Jalen Brown signed a ridiculous contract, the highest paid contract in the NBA. Jalen Brown signed. An absolutely ridiculous contract. I think it was like 300-something million, like 346 or 352 or something. Jalen Brown, out of the University of California, drafted second or third, second or third, third overall in 2016, signed, re-signed the richest contract in NBA history. He signed a five-year, $304 million deal with the, with the Boston Celtics. Um... I like Jalen Brown. I've been told I look like Jalen Brown. <laughs> uh, but that is a lot of money. And the 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 baggage on Jalen Brown is that he can only go right or is it left? He can only go one way. Yeah. Allegedly, I can't remember. But I think he's still talented nonetheless. I think, you know, he made the All-NBA team so he was qualified for such a deal and I think Boston would rather the devil you know is better, is better than the <laughs> devil you don't, I guess. But the real thing is he's not even the number one option on his own team. You could argue. You could argue. Right. Everybody knows the number one option he's, is freaking, what's his name? Jason Tatum? Jason Tatum. It's almost for being number one. You can't remember his name. <laughs> yeah, you know I'm bad with names, man. I would say it's a 1A, 1B situation. Uh, you know, I think. See, 1-2 right there. <laughs> that is only because Jason Tatum averaged 30, while Jalen Brown averaged 27. And we saw even in the playoffs that Jalen Brown doesn't show up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the way you are <laughs> trying to slander somebody that looks like me. So wait, wait, but 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 but, but looks aside, right? <laughs> I cannot sit here and let you slander but, my but, but, but but looks aside, right? Um, understanding. He's not even the number one option on his team. He's getting, a. 
three hundred and four. Okay, one. Well, he's one B. He's not one A. He's one B. One A. He's getting three hundred and five million dollars in extension, making him the highest played player in the NBA right now. Yes. Right. Yes. It is a not a consequence, but this is a culmination of of circumstance. You stay, you stay with. I think the qualification is you stay with the team that's drafted. You were drafted by for X amount of years. Mm-hmm. You sign your rookie max, which is scaled as something. And I think I'm trying to think of his name. Somebody's on the rookie max right now. That's not, I think Shea. Shea Gilgis is on a, a rookie max right now. Mm-hmm. I think it's four to five years after that you sign. If the powers that be agree, you sign your supermax with the same team. In this case, Boston would be the same team. And he mm-hmm. signed the supermax. Steph did. I mean, you know, I'm not comparing Joe and Steph. But I mean, you just did. I'm, <laughs> but... <laughs> You know, if you stay with your team, you typically are designated more money. And okay, let me ask you this question, right? Is Jalen Brown better than Steph Curry? I just said that's not the case. All right, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> Maybe a is, better. Is, he's a better defender, probably. Okay, all right. Is he better than Jimmy Butler? Um, I don't think so, but you can make the argument. Right. We so we both agree that he's not better, right? Yeah. What's Jimmy Butler's contract for right now? He's getting paid kind of, kind of handsomely as well. Uh, he's under a, I think it's a four-year deal in Miami. We confirm, yeah. Oh, it's a three-year deal for $146 million. Okay, so this upcoming season, he's getting paid how much? $45 million. He's on the max max extension. He's, he's getting paid $45 million this upcoming season. How much is Jalen Brown getting paid this upcoming season? Jalen Brown, you know, these contracts are circumstantial. They're very much circumstantial. But to answer your question, Jalen Brown is due to make, let's see, the numbers suggest that Jalen Brown is due to make a hundred, pardon me, $31.8 million this year. His extension oh, yeah. is occasioned until next year. Okay, so what's he supposed to make <laughs> next next year? The estimation is forty nine point seven million dollars. And then at the end of his contract, what's he supposed to make? <laughs> Sixty five point five million dollars. Sixty five point five million dollars. Estimated, yes. Estimated. So, so what? Uh, Jimmy Butler was how much? Uh, at the end of his contract, well, he has signed the two a two a two, a two plus one, so two years on the. And the player option. Okay, so the player option fifty-two versus so. I'm just I'm just doing the math here, you know. Sure. You think that <laughs> Jalen Brown is twenty-five percent better than Jimmy Butler? No. So why is he getting paid twenty-five percent more? Well, he did make. I think he made the first team All NBA, which is a. He was first team All NBA. Maybe second team. Let me confirm. So second team players get get super maxes. It is so with these uh, 2022, 2023 All NBA. Yeah, yes, first team. He maybe was first team, but okay. like I said, it's a culmination of different benchmarks and milestones. But at the same time, you got players like Russell Westbrook on the veterans minimum because he is a veteran and he took that. Prior to that, he was on a deal. But but do you think it's fair for Jalen Brown to be making 
65 million while Russell Westbrook is making the veterans minimum. Well, his contract prior to that under the under the same pretenses. I, I'm talking about right now. No, under the same <laughs> under the same pretenses. He signed a 5-year deal for 206 million dollars. So, yearly the salary cap goes up mm-hmm. and the availability of money increases. So he's so, just he's just the first to benefit from the bump up. Yes. <laughs> okay. So again, it's circumstantial. Okay. And he just happened to benefit handsomely. So does that mean in a few years we're gonna be seeing players getting five hundred million dollar contracts? Yes. <laughs> Unless the CBA changes, which it probably will. So what did the so what's the CBA? That is the collective bargaining agreement. It is uh it is a breakdown of like different I know the NBA has one. I know the NFL has one. I'm pretty sure all leagues have one, but let me speak for the NBA, NBA and NFL. Mm-hmm. The CBA is a collective bargaining agreement between the players, the owners, and the players' association, mm-hmm. coaches too, and it gives a breakdown of just like different. Uh, it's like a protocol of like different things. Most of them are financial. Most of them are financial. Um, so it talks about the salary cap and. How much the the max is for for <clears throat> for that year? Uh, how much the max extensions are for that year? The different things obligated to achieve certain um, benefits. Again, like I said, the CBA is consistent so, of. Go ahead. So who decides on this stuff? So everybody. So there's a players association. So they are a representation of the league. Those on the Players Association are President uh, C.J. McCollum. C.J. McCollum <laughs> is the president of the Players Association? Yes. And not LeBron? Correct. <laughs> but how? He don't, does, did LeBron just not want to? Uh, I don't know that for a fact, but if I had to guess, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. Prior to that, uh, Chris Paul was a the president prior to C.J. McCollum. Mm-hmm. Prior to Chris Paul was Derek Fisher. Oh, okay, so this isn't something that people want to do. I guess not. Um, <laughs> Antonio Davis, I'm pretty sure, is a big man. Yes. Former uh, former player Antonio Davis. I'm not too familiar with Michael Curry, but um, Patrick, Patrick Ewing and a few others have served as presidents of the Players Association. VP currently is... Um, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven VPs. Seven. The first VP is uh, Grant Williams. Uh, huh? Is he in the league? He is, Grant Williams. That's the guy of the Boston. I think he also got paid recently. No, pardon me. Dallas. He got traded to Dallas this past, during this uh, free agency period. But he was spent the first three, four years of his career in Boston. Mm-hmm. He signed. He agreed to a signing trade to Dallas, so he'll be in Dallas this coming fall. Um, in addition to that, we have Malcolm Brogdon, Jaron Jackson Jr., Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brown. <laughs> of course. Okay, I'm starting to understand what's going Chris on. Chris McBeanbo and Garrett Temple serve as VPs on the league players. So, so hold on. Let's let, let's pause here. You're right. So. You just said Jalen Brown is the vice president one of, of one of the vice presidents of the 
National Basketball Players Association. Yes. You don't think it's a coincidence that he's seeing the highest contract in the NBA? I think we've gotten to the root of it. <laughs> if that's the case, then CJ McCollum will be getting paid. But CJ McCollum is also not good anymore. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> okay, what, what, what's he, what, what did he average this season? Over, There's definitely been a drop off. I want to say he averaged over 20, but let me pull it up for you. There's definitely been a drop off. Yeah, 21, 4, and 6. But what did he average prior? Uh, prior. CJ McCollum used to be a dog. Yeah, he, prior he averaged 24. Five and six, so he probably shot less and scored and facilitated more. Yeah, his shot is his field goal attempts went down a little bit, but he's still been good old CJ. So, man, he's been in the league for ten years. I remember him in college, but mm-hmm. I don't want to digress too much. Yeah. But yeah, when I was doing my research, um, as far as the highest paid player by year, yeah. Um, let me confirm. Or by, yeah, by year. LeBron was the highest paid prior to going to LA at $30 million. Mm-hmm. And for the past one, two, three, four, five, six years. Curry. Seven, eight, nine years. <laughs> Curry. So six years currently in the next three years uh, is Steph. And as you can see, the numbers are going up. I mean, up but that's fair, though. And up. And, and up. up. And up, and up. So, I say this to say, as you can see, by 26-27. This is accurate, though, because in Jalen Brown's last year, he's making $65 million. What year is that? That might be 27-28. Probably is. Let me, get, let me look it up for you. So, yeah, I say all this to say, it's just the way the league is going. You can't blame people for being beneficiaries of things that have been agreed on mm-hmm. by... The powers that be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 28, 29, he's like a 65 million. And okay. 27, 28, he's like a 61. So he might be the highest paid those two years. Okay. Um, I don't, the thing about the NBA is, I don't know what to do with structures like the NFL does. So, like, what can you explain that? So, in the NFL, you can, restru- you can restructure your deal, you can move money around. So you can front roll or back over your contract. That way, it's like, you know. Depending on what you're trying to do, if you want to open up cap space and things like that, they say that in the NFL the cap doesn't exist because there's so much money manipulation you can do to mm-hmm. open up money. They probably don't do so. The NFL also has signing bonuses and a bunch of other stuff. And they have 50 players on a roster. Yeah, so <laughs> there's a lot of different money movement that goes on. But if I'm Jalen Brown, if I'm trying to build, I would like you know try to. If you don't want to take a pay cut, I would just like you know move the money around a little bit, mm. or to get it in cheap incentives. Yeah, with the because with the three hundred million dollar contract, and then you have Jason Tatum, who's also probably going to get a super bad extension in in what the next year or two, right? I'm pretty sure he's on a cheaper one, but yeah, he's probably going to either he's either going to win the trade or re up. So yeah, yeah. What's he do for his next contract? Let's see. Sign the five-year deal in the year, if you would tell me. Signed the five-year deal in 2020 for 163. It's a 30% super max. So the player option is good for $37 million. Uh, so he's on the contract for at least the next three years or so. Because I think he picked up his player option already. Mm-hmm. 
And assuming he re-ups in Boston, he'll probably be making more than Jalen Brown after the 2026 season. Exactly right. So, for Boston, is it smart to have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown on Supermaxes? I mean, they also traded for Porzingis. So, they got got a lot of money tied up to to three players. Because Christoph Porzingis is due to make $36 million. Okay, what's what's? I mean, he signed a two-year extension, so he's on the mm. contract for the next three years. So thirty-six this year, and then thirty on average the next two years. Wait, wait, they signed. So they 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 traded for. They traded. For they traded for extent for for Kristaps, and then gave him a two-year extension. Wait, where's Al Horford now? Let's see. Al Horford is still in Boston. For the next two years. Okay, so they have Al Horford at the, what, five or four? Maybe. Probably four, maybe. and then they have Chris Stapps at the five, I'm assuming. Yeah, that wouldn't make sense. I mean, Al Horford. Oh, yeah, they let Marcus come. Smart go. Yeah. If you look at their death chart, they got Peyton Pritchard, Malcolm Brogdon. Oh, they got Brogdon? I thought yeah. Brogdon was on the Bucks. Am I tripping? Oh, yeah, he's been in Boston for a minute now. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, currently Al Horford is documented as the starter, but between him, Porzingis, and Robert Williams, he got just off another rotation there. So mm. they should be fine. So the issue is that bench depth. I mean, they could use some help, but, you know, it's very much a plug and play offense. So yeah. I mean, that starter five is definitely good, but. I like Derek White. Derek White's all right. Yeah, no, that's, a, that's, a, that's a strong starter five, I would definitely say. Yeah. Whoa! Derek White. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Porzingis, and Horford. Yep. They're trying to win. <laughs> yeah, they were in the finals two years ago. And they could have won again if, you know, playoff Jimmy didn't show up. So, yeah. If, if he didn't show up and then leave. <laughs> <laughs> Not too much. <laughs> but, yes, just to give another example of this uh, this designated player extension, Devin Booker signed a deal last year. Mm-hmm. For $226 million. That's a kick it until two years from now. Mm. So, under, you know, had he been a free agent or had he been up for an extension this year, mm-hmm. he'd be making Jalen Brown money. You know what team could win a championship right now? Tell me. The Kardashian-Jenner starting five. I, I saw that on Instagram. The, can, can you read off for us what the starting <laughs> five would be? I'm pretty sure I saw that on Instagram. It was like the all-Kardashian versus the all-Jenners. No, nah, just um, the all-Kardashian-Jenner, like, you know. Oh, just the, the combined? Yeah. Let's see. If I, off the top of my head, as I look at that, I know you got Devin Booker, uh, Tristan Thompson, Ben Simmons. Okay, all okay, right. so let's build this super team, right? Okay, all right, all right. If we go all time. Okay, so you got so you already got Devin Booker at the two. Yep, you got at, Devin Booker. You, you got, got one. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Jordan Clarkson might have did one of the Kardashians. Jordan Clarkson's on here? Let me confirm. Yeah, Jordan Clarkson, he did it. Kendall Jenner. Really? Yeah. Okay, so you got Jordan Clarkson maybe coming off the bench. Yep. Jordan Clarkson, James Harden. James Harden. <laughs> so you got James Harden, Devin Booker. Rick Fox. Okay, we'll, ju- we'll just say in their prime. Okay. Rick Fox. Rick, Chris Humphreys. Okay, nobody's worried about him. <laughs> uh, Lamar Odom. Lamar Odom in his prime, a dog. 
Rashad McCants. Wow, he's in the big three now. Yeah. He's uh, a dog. Uh, I heard Kanye used to hoop. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. So, yeah, we got Lamar Odom, Chris Humphries, Rashad McCants, Tristan Thompson, Rick Fox, James Harden, Jordan Clarkson. Um, Blake Griffin. <laughs> yeah. <dude. laughs> Ben Simmons, Devin Booker. I don't know about you, but in their primes, I'm taking that team. They're cool little five C, cool little six C, maybe. Put some nice role players on the bench. Yeah, I mean, if you take that starting five, and you grab the Warriors bench. So you got Booker, Simmons, Lamar Odom, Tristan Thompson, and Chris Humphreys. Yeah. And then, you know, plug and play the bench. I mean, sure, why not? <laughs> hey, that team is beating the Heat. <laughs> you really are just going to keep beating June Butler I'll over be, the head. Because, <laughs> because I really wanted the Heat to win, and they disappointed me <laughs> so badly. I was telling all of my friends, guys, listen, I know it looks bad right now, but trust me. This in, is, in Jimmy, we trust. This is true. In Jimmy, this we don't is trust. True. <laughs> uh, Brian had the Heat at five, and... Yeah, it was Nuggets and <laughs> So, I will say that, uh, you know, he might be feeling the way because of what has happened since then. Uh, Denver winning the championship. Yeah. You know what's crazy? What? In 1946-47, the highest paid player made $8,000. What's what's that adjusted for inflation, though? I mean, let's see. Uh, let's see. Inflation adjusted calculator. CPI. I feel like I'm in sociology class. <laughs> if in 1947, I made... Oh, that's uh, 125000 Wow. So, thinking of where we would come from, imagine, if you flip it, imagine making... <laughs> Back then, forty-eight million in the nineteen forties. So, NBA salaries are outpacing inflation significantly. Yeah, yeah. because wow. they generate a lot of money because we're consumers. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, who's getting the majority of this money, owners? I mean, if you break it down, I did, there was an article. You got so you got TV deals, you got ticket sales, you got the works. So it's like I think if you bust all that down, the owners of the cut, the players of the cut, the league gets a cut. So it's all contingent. That's another thing the CBA goes into detail about. Unfortunately, I do not have the CBA right in front of me, so I can't go into too much detail. But there's a lot of money that gets thrown around. You got staff, you got front office. A lot of money gets thrown around. So I would say that you know, if you look at everything, and you know. All the and also the G League has to get a percentage of things, so there's a lot of money going a lot of places. Okay, okay. Um, oh, okay, here it says the NBA does not disclose the charities which it donates player fines. They also don't, oh, yeah, the fines are the charity, so <laughs> but they, nobody knows who, so so they so they go translation, they go they, to somebody's pockets, yeah. I would say to say, 
Um, but looking at the way the NBA is now is like with um, the fact that even the veterans get paid a decent amount. So I remember there were yeah. talks of, you know, the Suns needing a little more depth. depth. So they signed a bunch of people to veteran minimums. Mm-hmm. And the name that came up recently as far as potential signees was John Wall mm-hmm. going to Phoenix. And, I mean, hey, I would become a Suns fan. John Wall and Bradley Beal on the Suns, I I would be in support of the Suns this season. I'm already going to keep my eye out because my guy Bradley Beal is on there, but both of them, that's double trouble right there. You know, on the slight aside, uh, Drake had a show in D.C. and he brought out Kevin Durant. He brought out Lamar too. Did he? Yeah. So, I just, you know, thankfully Lamar is still in Baltimore, but, you know, KD, if you want to just, you know. Come back. Come back. Yeah, please. Like, you can you can be MJ on the Wizards. <laughs> just, you know. Hey, him, Kuz, and Poole could do something. I would like to that's for the offense. But, yeah, yeah why not? <laughs> if, if they had kept Rui, that's a, that's a tall starting five. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, I say that to say um, Phoenix is looking like a second-round exit if you ask me. Mm. Uh, I think they'll be a top four seed, and barring injury, they'll be a top four seed, and you know, beat the five, beat the five seed or what have you, and whoever they put in the second round might get their number. Um, but man, that's a lot of money. So hopefully it works, cause uh, oh yeah, that owner he can spend. I'll tell you that much. Um, looking at the looking at the state of the league now. I would say I still had Denver repeating, but um, it's very likely. I mean, is anybody leaving Denver, or are they keeping everybody? I think Bruce Brown is the only player that left. Yeah, Funny enough, I don't <laughs> even know who that is. I'm not even gonna lie to you. Nah, Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown's alright. Funny enough, uh, during the uh, the championship parade, Mike Malone was like, "Oh, you're not going anywhere," and then he ended up signing with um. Where did Bruce Brown go? I want to say. He went to the Lakers, if I'm not mistaken. Bruce Brown signed to deal with the Pacers. <laughs> it was Sunday yellow. Yeah, Bruce Brown signed to deal with the Pacers. I think Mike Malone said, oh, we're keeping you and not going anywhere. $45 million deal. I doubt Denver was offering that type yeah, of money. They were not going to get so, that. <laughs> so, I mean, hey, Bruce Brown, get paid. Because yeah. he's definitely one of the more talented uh, three and D guys. Very much a glue guy. That's a common phrase of players of his caliber, so mm-hmm. I'm not mad at it at all. But that also begs the question, right? If you know you're in like a more of like a role playing role, are you taking the money? Because you're in the NBA regardless, you're making millions of dollars, Fact. right? You get what fifteen million dollars every year or something as like a role player, average type player. Yep. Right. You're set for life. Are you taking the pay cut? And staying at fifteen million, so that you can pursue more rings, or are you opting for more money? Well, what what would you personally do? So, if you look at the situation in Denver, his player outshow is seven point seven million dollars. Oh, okay. Um, and he that, said, that's still a lot of money. It is to, to us. He yeah. signed that. He's going. He's going to pay twenty two million in, in the end. It's a lot more. Yeah, so I feel like there's always a ways to make 
everyone happy. There's always a way to make everyone happy. No, nah, but what would you do? Me personally, if I'm offered, well, that's a lot. Me right now, as a 22 year old, if I'm in the league and you offer me money, I'm taking it. But um, versus you have the chance to repeat and get multiple rings because people don't talk about it. But Rick Fox got like what four, four or five rings? I think four. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I feel like four-time M- NBA champ. I feel like role player on a winning team versus no rings and a lot of money, you get more. I feel like in your career you get more respect over time being a key player on a championship team. You three rings. You presented a very key point. Um, and now that you mentioned that, I just might have to oblige the pay cut. Assuming we, assuming we win the championship again, I'd be very much at peace to take the pay cut. I would like to, you know. Because what, what, Bruce Brown, how old is he? 27 at the start of this season. He's 27, right? He's not that old. Yeah. Right. Let's say what average NBA player gets out of the league, 32 30 to 35, somewhere in that range. You probably pass your prime once you hit like 34, and if you're faithful enough, you might have a few more years on you, so 36 maybe, on the high side, 34 on the low side. Exactly, right? So he's been in the league for a few years. He's already stacked a few millions. Why not just stay on the Nuggets, right? Trust the process, essentially, and make that money. Well, think about it like this. He's made $15 million across his career. And he's making uh, $22 million in one year. So he's already going to... Double his money. Double his... Not double. Um, uh, well, yeah. Okay, yeah, so, so, so let's say this. Let's say let's say whatever he spent, something goes to his agents or whatever. Let's say he has $10 million, right? Mm-hmm. You have $10 million in the bank. Are you taking a $49 million contract or a ring? Both? <laughs> no, no, you, you have to pick one. No, I'm going to do both, like Bruce Brown. I'm going to get my ring and then take the money. No, no, no. I'm saying you, you have the opportunity to stay on a winning team. So I would need to go the, to a different team and make $49 million. I think it is very much. Uh, oh, no, man. I feel like I would stay because I like winning, mm-hmm. but I also like getting paid. So I would. It's true. I would probably stay a few years. It's contingent. When you play with the Joker, I guess, you know, it's going to be a lot easier to get, get buckets when you play with uh, Fat Dirk. So, it is what it is. But um, under different circumstances, I might take the bread. I think it's case by case. Because if we look at the likes of, I'm trying to think of somebody who took a pay cut. I mean, we see people all across the league who take the money all the time, right? Yeah. When you sign Supermaxes, you know for a fact that you're essentially, you're not crippling the team, but you're lessening your team's opportunity and chances of acquiring other players to help and support you. Yes. Um, now that you mentioned it, I'm just thinking about Tom Brady, who got seven rings. Mm-hmm. He used to take a pay cut his whole career. So, I'd probably take a pay cut. And he took pay cuts his whole career. And what, he signed like a $500 million contract with like, Fox, Fox or yeah, something, right? Yeah, yeah. After his career. So yeah. he's making dividends off of just his name. You're a smart man, Brian. Hey, <laughs> you just got to ask the necessary questions. You're a smart man. What would the people do? You're a smart man. You know a, and mind you, he was a six-round pick. Exactly. And he walked out of, he walked away from football with $332 million. 
Exactly. And the <laughs> money didn't really start stacking up. Like, he was making under t- under $10 million for, like, the first how many years? Four or five years of his career. Exactly. First season, he made two hundred k. Yes. <laughs> there was... There's so many people who were making more money than him in his rookie year. His rookie contract was under a million dollars. His first extension was was, uh, $29 million, and then he stayed and stayed and stayed and stayed and racked up these these checks. But, hey, um, he also made $100 million in Tampa Bay and got a ring out of it. So, yeah. Sometimes sometimes you're good, sometimes you're lucky, sometimes you're both. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's valid. I'm trying to get paid, man. That's some good money right there, man. 20 to, 23 years, $332 million. That That is a good career. And then another bag once I walk away? Yeah, another 500 mil. Oh. So he's going to, over so what, over the course of the last, like, 30 years, he would have made close to a billion dollars. Sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah. That is crazy. Mm. Speaking of the NFL, mm-hmm. right? Let's talk about some of these NFL contracts, right? That's a nice segue as we look. Um, so we, we were waiting for Lamar to sign. He signed in the spring. And those talks were that Burrow, Herbert, some of the. I was doing her talks to sign this spring. Where Burrow, Herbert, and a few other folks were coming down the pipeline. Yeah. Oh, Trevor Lawrence. I know Daniel Jones also signed his extension, but we got Justin Herbert here who agreed to terms that made him the second highest paid player in the NFL mm-hmm. at um, $262.5 million. That's, that's without, good money. Yes, absolutely. What I'm, what I'm realizing is these these players are looking at whoever gets paid before them and telling their front office beat that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because that... Because like two hundred sixty-two point five to sixty, uh, Jalen Hurts at two fifty-five, Russell Wilson make it two forty. So it's like very wait. Russell Wilson got a fifty dollar, fifty million dollar signing bonus. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> Let Russ cook. <laughs> okay. Hey man. At thirty-three, hey, he's I, doing his thing. I would say this right. You're Russell Wilson, right? Yeah. You walk into Denver. You said the last time y'all won the ring, Peyton Manning was your QB. And the first time I, the first time I won the ring, I beat Peyton Manning. So, what can we do? True. And then that ink dry, and he's making fifty million on top of the two forty two. So hey, hey, it is what it is. A salute to Lamar with his mother as his negotiator slash manager. Getting that super max at 260 mil. Yeah. Making him the third highest paid player in the league. Yeah. With, wait for it, guys, a $72.5 million signing bonus. I need to start looking at the signing bonus. Because <laughs> <laughs> people look at the contract in totality. That's but, the highest signing bonus in the league. <laughs> hey, hey, and for all my Cowboys fans out there, it's more than Dak's signing bonus. And he plays for the Oso. Money having cowboys. Well, Dag makes a lot of money you know, from commercials and everything else. So yeah, and not a lot of production on the field. But that's not the point, right? Well, now. he's due for a re-up, so he might get less. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be serious here. He's gonna get less. <laughs> um, that was. <laughs> They're gonna be like, listen, man. 
you 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 took us to the playoffs like what twice or three times with how many playoff wins does he have over like the last like <laughs> during this 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 contract like two maybe one one on this current contract one uh yeah I think one so one playoff win for 160 million you know what's funny he does have an out next year so they could. Move off him, but they have to eat sixty-one million dollars. They're not going to move off of him. They're just going to keep him, and then they're going to draft a QB respectfully. I believe Dak will re-up. They'll probably try to negotiate something beneath uh, top-tier value, but he's probably going to re-up. Think so? Yeah, because Dallas doesn't want to go QB hunting again unless they tank. But anyway. Um, if you just look at the league, uh, you don't get a non-quarterback on this list until number thirteen. The top twelve put the top twelve highest paid players in the NFL are quarterbacks. <laughs> I believe it. Uh, Khalil Mack is the highest paid player on defense, and Devontae Adams is the highest paid receiver. So rightfully earned. Yes, absolutely. Who's the highest paid running back? <laughs> uh, it's funny you mentioned running backs. Uh, the highest paid running back is, <clears throat> I think it's a uh, maybe be Saquon right now. Alvin Kamara is the highest paid running back who recently is on <laughs> facing suspension recent as of what oh. we're hearing. But um, yeah, he signed the five year seventy five million dollar deal. And wait, so. The highest paid running back is 75 mil for five years versus a QB at 260. Well, the highest paid being Pat Mahomes at 450 million. Yeah. Is the market undervaluing running backs right now? If you just base it off of Alvin Kamara and Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes' contract is the equivalent of. What, 450 divided by 7.5? Whoa. I want to say three. Six. Yeah. I, I, it's at six first, At first, I was going to say three, but it's six Alvin Kamara's. And funny enough, Alvin Kamara tied the rushing touchdown record in the game. He scored six rushing touchdowns in the game. And he's the highest paid running back. And he's a sixth of what Patrick Mahomes is worth. Granted, it's a QB market, and Patrick Mahomes earned this money for sure. But when when do you when did we start seeing this shift to out of it being a running back market? Because I remember back in the day it used to be focused on oh you need a good running back to win running back with running back wins games yada yada things of that nature. Well, um, <laughs> looking at my research, Ezekiel Elliott is on the six year ninety million dollar contract with the Cowboys. Oh, and right now he is not a Cowboy. Where is he right now? On the bench. Not on the bench. At home. <laughs> oh, he's a free agent. Yeah, he got cut. He got cut. In the middle of his deal because he wasn't producing. So, wait. If you get cut in the NFL, do you <clears throat> do you get any money? So, there's guarantees and dead money. So, you there's it's all you got to negotiate. So, on his contract, he was making 50, he had $50 million guaranteed. He got cut in the let's see, six years. So, I think the second or third year of his contract. So, with that cut, uh, he's still due to make uh, about $11 million on the back end. But, yeah, it is what it is. Oh, so he's sitting at home making $11 million. Supposedly. 
Okay. But he does have a job. Yeah. So. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott isn't bad. I feel like somebody will pick him up. There were talks of, I believe, New England. Maybe the Jags should go pick him up. Who do the Jags have a running back, they got, actually? They, got, they drafted one running back out oh, of okay. Auburn, and they also got Travis Etienne. So they're, oh, the whole snap. They're, yeah. pretty, they're, pretty, they're pretty straight at running mm-hmm. back, I believe. But if you look at Zeke, he signed his deal in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, since then, he has not – oh, no, he hit 1,000 yards in 2021. But he had 1,300 yards in 2019. And he hasn't reached that mark since he signed this deal. So, and he has six fumbles in 2020. So, I mean, if you look at the way the running back market is set up, mm-hmm. once you hit your prime, you got about two more years, and then you're going to get disposed of. Well, so it's really just given what we've been seeing with, like, injuries, suspensions, and just the way that running backs have been yeah. behaving and performing, they've kind of messed up their own market. In a way. But the money is the money. That is Because you got the likes of, respectfully, I like Daniel Jones. But he's making $160 million. Daniel Jones is making $160 million? $40 million a year, yeah. Oh, wow. So, I mean. What, on the Giants? Yeah, yeah. Jeez. Um, he did take into the playoffs. He did win the playoff game. But I'm just saying, Daniel Jones is making $160 million. But it's crazy because, what are we? Are we talking about the top 100 this episode or is that next episode? We can touch on it now a little bit. Oh, wait, but what was it slated for? I don't want to. It was definitely slated for the next episode. Oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> never mind. We'll talk about that on the next episode. Um, But, yeah, uh, Tony Pollard has the third largest cap hit at $10 million. He's on the franchise tag, so he can underperform and be paid, paid less next year. Because this year, this money is already signed, still delivered. But it's a one-year deal. So it's on long-term security as of right now. Hmm. And we saw with that with Dak how that went. He ended up breaking his ankle, but they ended up paying him well. Ironically enough, Tony Park broke his leg before he got paid. Mm-hmm. Or before he got tagged, rather. So we're, it's interesting to see where the Cowboys... They did draft the winning, but the Cowboys drafted him. Deuce Vaughn out of Northwestern. Hmm. So they're definitely either looking ahead or who knows. So, yeah, it's interesting to see just how the market is very volatile depending on your position. On your, uh, position. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So I know there was like a whole thing of like all the running backs, they like, met up with the league or they got on like a Zoom call or something of that nature to talk about the state of the running back market. Yeah, Austin Eckler, uh, well, first of all, Austin Eckler actually trade prior to that, but he's still on the charges as of right now. He's um, still, oh, okay. He, he organized... Why does he want to trade? Because he's trying to get paid. Oh, they're not going to pay him. <laughs> yeah, he organized a big Zoom call with all the running backs just mm-hmm. discussing the market and things of that nature. I mean, hey, I kind of like it because... It's player empowerment, strength in numbers, but you know he's he was also undrafted, so I would say that he definitely he definitely outperformed his deal for sure. But now he's only making six million dollars this year, mm. despite all his accolades. accolades and performance up until this point. Yeah. So, but you got the likes of let's see who's making more than that. Austin Eckler. Everybody, <laughs> you got the likes of uh, let's see, 
You got matter of fact. You got Alvin Kamara, McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, Aaron fact, Jones. Kyle Juszczyk might be making more than Austin Eckler. Kyle who? Kyle Juszczyk. He used to play for Baltimore. He's now with the 49ers. He's making $27 million over five years. Austin Eckler is making... What? $24 million. So, yeah, Kyle Juszczyk is making more money collectively. Than mm-hmm. Austin Eckler right right now, mm. and I would definitely want to pay Austin Eckler more than Kyle Juszczyk. So I can understand why there's such a unsettling unsettling feeling in the running back room because why is a fullback making more money than me? Hey, because that fullback be I don't know. Because <laughs> again, running backs have to block, receive, tote. Mm-hmm. Fullbacks do too, but the volume is completely different. That is true. So it's like I understand the the reasons of why Jonathan Taylor asked for a trade, mm-hmm. Austin Eckler asked for a trade, mm-hmm. and it's not like when the backs aren't getting paid. Like Nick Chubb, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey all get the bag, but you know Dalvin Cook got cut. He's probably going to sign with some contender for cheap. So it's like, it's almost as if the the valuation or the importance of running backs is decreasing by the year. Yes, it's a pass-happy league, but they're trying to make it known that they they still matter. I think uh, you touched on uh, Jonathan Taylor, and I think what the Colts owner said kind of captures like the overall league sentiment of how they feel about running backs right now. He said, and I quote, if I die tonight and Jonathan Taylor is out of the league, no one's going to miss us. The league goes on. It doesn't matter who comes and who goes. And then after that, right, it was reported that the Colts are considering placing Jonathan Taylor on non-football injury list for a back injury, which could result in Indianapolis withholding his regular season salary. So, let me let me detail that a little bit more for you. So, this alleged non-football injury, he was training away from the team. So, yes, by definition, it was an NFI, but, I mean, the, if you're operating in good faith, I don't think that's something you should do. Mm-hmm. But um, he's only making $2.6 million this coming season. That's crazy. Yes. Because Jonathan Taylor has hit I mean, he did underperform last year. I did Listen, I took him first overall in fantasy, and he did not produce. He had 861 <laughs> yards. What did he have the season before that? 1,800. Okay. But he was also hurt. <laughs> exactly. Injuries matter. <laughs> he hurt my fantasy team. That's what I'm telling you. I took him first overall in the fantasy draft, and he underperformed. Because he got hurt. I understand. I mean, if you look at the average, well, he did underperform. <laughs> <laughs> he went from four, five and a half to four and a half. He caught less passes. He had three. Well, he had one less fumble. So yeah, probably less. Uh, Times touching the football too. Uh, let's see. Well, yeah, he played less games, so obviously. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, hey, he also gets hit a lot as a running okay, back, so but, it's not his fault. But, uh, but in comparison to his other seasons, where does this break in terms of his yardage? Last. Dead last. 
Yes. I, I, I rest my case. <laughs> but as you were saying, as you were saying, because I cut you off. You need to understand that he also had 332 carries in his best season. Totally. Yes. That's a lot of touches. Averaging, averaging 5.5 yards per touch. So, the production has gone down, but it's still definitely credible enough, in mm-hmm. my opinion. So, if somebody discusses, if you can, well, obviously Jim Mercy doesn't consider him the future of the Colts, but yeah. if you do, at least, I don't know what the, what the negotiations are, but you can't just, despite his belief, you can't just pick a Jonathan Taylor off, off a tree and just, you know. But was this production because of him, or is it because of how sturdy the Colts' O-line the is? The Colts do have a nasty O-line. They even they're the, known for having <laughs> one of the best O-lines in the league. Like, what's up there? Them, the Cowboys, the Steelers. Titans, yeah. Titans, they're known for having an O-line. Yeah, but funny enough, our freshman year, yeah. um, I was I was to do it. I took a D's first to the, to the lounge, and... Council was playing some team, and I just saw Jonathan Taylor just run up and down that field. Yeah. So even since then, I knew he was going to be a problem. But, I mean, if you look at the NFL, running backs don't even get, don't even get drafted in the first round that much anymore. That's true. Like, I mean, shout out to Bijan. He went seventh overall. Mm-hmm. Bijan Roberts out of, out of Texas. Jonathan Taylor was the second round pick. Mm-hmm. Um, Christian McHenry, you know, you get. You need on first round running back, but the majority of them go in the later rounds. Mm-hmm. Off the top of my head, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, B. John Robinson, Jameer Gibbs. Um, I don't think Alan I don't think Alan was a first round pick, but yeah, typically they're also like I guess if you are versatile enough to be used in the pass game, it's more likely for you to have a higher chance of getting drafted in the first round. But the likes of Nick Chubb, I think Todd Gurley was a first-round pick. Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, were all like second-round picks or later. So it's interesting. It's interesting to say, to say the least. You got Najee Harris. Najee Harris was a first-round pick. Um, so it's very much it's it's it's, it's tricky, man, because a lot of the money is being thrown at these QBs. And even before Trayvon Diggs signed his deal, it's like they weren't getting paid too much at in the secondary, I mean, in comparison to the quarterbacks as well. Mm. Trayvon Diggs signed a five-year deal for um, $97 million. And I believe he had, like, he led the league in picks, and then he tailed off, and people weren't, people weren't really throwing his way. So he definitely earned his bread for sure. Mm-hmm. Um if you compare the secondary and contracts, he is the fourth highest paid behind the likes of Marlon Humphrey, Marshawn Rattenmore, and Denzel Ward. Mm. So if you think about it this way, right? Mm-hmm. On average, I would say that the running back touches the ball more than the DP does. Yes. But at the same this is a very slanted you know, but I'm going to just do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Running backs touch the ball a lot more than defensive backs do. Yes. Their roles are different. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure that they get hit more. Yeah. And they get paid a fraction of what DBs get paid. Because of their liability for injury. That is true. And the reputation a lot of running backs have and 
the damage they do to the brand. Because let's be serious here. What do you think about Ezekiel Elliott? We think about all those cases and charges he had throughout his career. That's just NFL players, period. But yes, it was only one incident, if I'm not mistaken. It just kind of lingered for a minute, but <laughs> a, a hot minute. You know, a hot minute. You know, he. It, it was domestic abuse, right? I believe so. I think it was. He was like hitting his girlfriend or something. Allegations of such. <laughs> um, you know, if we want to talk about, see, I don't want to. I don't want to do this, but look at Deshaun Watson. He uh, is the hey, that's not, that's not my eighth highest paid player in the in the NFL. He also got that contract on another team. Yes, but before that, he, fully guaranteed two hundred and thirty million dollars. Yes, but before, ridiculous. <laughs> before that, he was on the hundred fifty six million dollar deal with the Texans. So the NFL uses the, uses this money and does what does what they want with it. Um, the market for running backs is very bad. Yeah. And it's been that way for a long time. At one point, it wasn't this way. If you look at the positional spending, the team that has spent the most money on running backs in the league <laughs> are the Tennessee Titans. Hey, shout out Derrick Henry. Shout out Derrick Henry. Amen. But they are also a non-playoff team right now. Yeah, I, I, well... They but they've been to the playoff a few years. In yes, the past five they've years. been they've been you know they were the number one seed two years ago. So I'm not gonna say yeah. you know they're in the AFC Championship as well. So I'm not mm-hmm. gonna say paying running backs is bad. But outside of that, you got Josh Jacobs. The Raiders are the Raiders. Yeah. <laughs> the Cleveland Browns, okay. The Giants are the Giants. But if you look at um, let's see, oh this is a cap hit. Oh this is this year. Pardon me. If you look at previous years, the highest paid running back room is the Titans. <laughs> if we go back to 2018, the highest paid running back room. It's going to be funny if it's still the Titans. <laughs> uh, 2018, the highest paid running back room. Still the Titans. Who's there? Has Derek Henry been here since 2018? Yeah, yeah. He's been for like, I think he was a rookie that year. Yeah. Okay, so, so let's go back further because he was a, he was number one overall. He was just, no, he was number one overall. He was a second round pick, but he was. Derrick Henry was a second round pick. Yeah, second round pick for real. Yeah. What did he get drafted? Forty fifth overall. So he was a oh early, early second. Yeah. People were tripping. Yeah, because it's a because it's not a running back market anymore. But it's Derrick Henry. That's also true. He was the running back for Alabama. Yes. So was Najee. He, what? What yes. is he? He's like six four. Six. Four six three, give or take. Mm-hmm. Twenty sixteen. That was also that twenty sixteen draft was an interesting draft because um. But 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 like seriously though, because I saw another clip. It was like, um, how many five year olds do you think it would take to tackle Derrick Henry? About twenty. <laughs> His coach said about fifty. No, thirty five. He said thirty five. Yeah, I mean, well, Ezekiel that year. Ezekiel was fourth overall. Mm. So the the truth of the matter is, running backs tend to you can find the the thing is people teams are finding seventh round gems at the running back position, mm-hmm. and you're getting the same or arguably better production out of a first round drafted running back, which is another reason why the market is so skewed because it's like. 
The likes of I'm trying to think of a late round running back. That's been pretty solid. Mm-hmm. He's not in the league anymore, but Philip Lindsay had like back to back a thousand yard seasons. Mm-hmm. And he was undrafted. Mm. Who did he play for? Philip Lindsay. Denver. I think he had some time in Miami, but like Austin Eckler was undrafted. Oh, he's on the Colts right now. Yes, I believe that he was most 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 recently on the Colts. Austin Eckler mm-hmm. undrafted. And he's a top five running back. So, the market is just so skewed and just shuffles. It's like you never really know what you're getting out of these picks. Yeah. So, that's why another reason why the market, yeah. So, it's hard to, it's hard to you know, justify or argue with the process. Because if you can get Philip Lindsay off the street. Oh, never mind. Philip Lindsay is in the XFL. Well, he 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 has had back to back a thousand yard seasons in the NFL, so yeah. the talent is there, obviously. So I think that's the primary thing, because there's so many instances of running backs not really moving up to the draft hype, which is why many people think Bijan Robinson might be another case of that. So what would you say? And we can we can end off with this. What would you define as a running back? Living up to the hype. What what would those numbers look like? Um, let's say per per t- per per carry. What are you averaging? If you're looking at the likes of Saquon Barkley, injuries aside, I would say he's lived up to the hype. He went second overall, mm-hmm. and obviously you might have a down year here and there. I think he had maybe, maybe one down year, and that might have been fresh off a torn ACL. But outside of that, he's definitely, in my opinion, he's lived up to the hype. And what, what season would you say best captures that? Well, if you look at his rookie year, he had 2,000 yards on scrimmage. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so, that's his rookie year. Okay, so 2,000 yards. And then from, and then he had 1,400 yards from scrimmage his sophomore year. Mm-hmm. And this is collectively a total of 352 plus 260, over 500 touches. 621 touches in two years. Average six you, yards per Target or yes, per target. Mind you, he was very much involved in the Penn State offense. Mm-hmm. So you're coming out of college where you're the number one option. Yes, and you're going right into the NFL, and you're getting 600 targets in two years. Obviously, there's gonna be wear and tear. Yeah, he's battling. He battled injury yeah. in the COVID year. Yeah, and I think he was also injured the following year. But he came back and returned to form and had a stellar year. In 2022. So, I can understand why um, running backs are trying to get paid this money. Because it's like, this, the security isn't really there. Despite all the production. That's valid. That's valid. So, even though you may be able to get Joe Schmo and they give you the same amount, it's not a guarantee. Yeah. But and nothing's really guaranteed when you're drafting players. I feel like it's always a gamble. Right? It is. But a lot of these contracts... Well, it's it, I, hmm, these contracts nowadays is like pay me for what I've done, not what I will do. Mm. You've seen what I've done already. Yeah. So proof being in the pudding. Yeah. Versus less, so, less risk if they've already done it. Bank before. on me because I've already done it. Yeah. So that's all it is. Mm. Whereas us getting into contractual disputes because you want to save money or allocate money elsewhere, I don't think that's fair. Especially because they're performing. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, well, I know they're probably not listening. Well, 
yeah, they're probably not listening. But Austin Eckler, I hope you get paid. For sure. Saquon, I hope you get paid too. He got paid. Oh, he did. He signed the one year deal for like twelve million. But, yeah, if he re-ups. Yeah. I hope you get a true contract of like five years, whatever the max is, because you deserve it, man. Absolutely. Um, what's another running back? Ravens running backs, um, let's please get healthy and win oh, a chip, and G- then you guys can get paid. Yeah, J.K. is um, having some – he's having a little bit of a temper tantrum, I've heard, as far as his contract is concerned. But you're injured, so be quiet. <laughs> See, now you sound the owners. <laughs> Sorry, but we we just paid Lamar. We actually don't like paying people here on the Ravens. So you so you did all this time defending the problem, and now when it's your team, yeah, yeah, when it's my team, it's different. Sorry, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Barkley. Yeah, you can call it bias, but it is. Yeah, hopefully, I, I hope JK gets healthy and then he performs, and then we pay him because JK, I think he's he's. He's a very good running back. He's just been suffering those injuries. But the numbers still show that when he's there, he put, he goes to work. But I need you to be healthy before we pay you, and then we just but lose money. But he's already shown you what he can do when he is healthy. But can you be healthy? Why, why am I paying you to be on retainer and not perform? Because I've already performed. But you're injured now. We don't know what you're going to be like after an injury. That's another thing. We don't talk about the fact that when players get injured, a lot of players aren't the same, especially hamstring, ACL, things of that nature, things involving the legs. A lot of players don't come back the same. Dak broke his ankle. And as we can see, Dak is probably... Well, actually, I don't know know much enough about Dak. Dak broke his ankle and got paid $160 million. He's also a quarterback. Yeah, We're playing football. <laughs> you're right. Therein lies the issue. Therein lies the issue. But we're, but we're, we're not going to wrap too much on this uh, topic. Uh, to summarize, running backs, I hope you guys get paid. Um, Dan, anything we want to end off say before we close out? I want everyone to get paid, man. Everybody. Everyone who, is in the, everyone who is deserving of their funds, get your funds. Yeah. Get your money up, not your funny up. Because the NFL stands for not for long. So get what you can while you're here. Facts. But all right, guys. Wow, we, we this might be our longest podcast hour, thirteen. Could be, could be. All right, but uh, thank you guys for tuning into the Fever Pitch podcast. It's been your co-host Brian and Dan, and thank you guys. Peace. Take care.